Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. Now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. We're uh, in my living room yes, in Oslo, Norway. It's raining outside and I'm sitting here on the carpet, bohemian style, cross-legged, right? What are we doing? Why are we sitting on the floor? We don't know why we're sitting on the floor. We're sitting, uh, I'm going to, yeah. I don't think you can say it anymore. We're sitting. There you go. Cross-legged style. That's legit. The feet up. Crisscross uh, applesauce. On top of the thighs. Well done. Meditative yeah. pose. Um, with uh, Boutique Quest, aka Josh Bennett, mm-hmm. who has been on the podcast before. You might recognize his voice. We did an episode a while back called "Top Ten Reasons to Love." Living abroad, mm-hmm. we both are Americans living here in Norway, and you've lived all over. So, if you want to hear a bit about his story, you could listen to that show. That's and right. today, what are we tackling, man? The top ten challenges of living abroad. Challenges of living abroad, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's not all what rainbows. It ain't and all easy peasy, as they say. Yeah, it's not all macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I love I love macaroni and cheese. What do you mean? If it was all macaroni and cheese, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, that's basically yeah. what it's like living abroad, just swimming around in pools full of macaroni and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Just the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh hosts the Transnatural Perspectives podcast. That's right. And uh, after we record this, I'm going to be a guest on his show. So if you want to hear me talk about or hear us talk about human power travel, as it relates to you know transcultural and natural perspectives, mm-hmm. you can check place. out that discussion because that's going to be super fun. I can't wait to get to that. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be yes. good. It's going to be. I can talk about a whole lot more. So you can search Transnatural Perspectives podcast if you want to find Josh's work. And you know we got a lot to cover today, man. I mean, we got this whole list to go through. Now, how this works is just to remind everybody when we do these lists, oftentimes. We make these lists independently. I do this with my wife too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we don't know what each other has nope. on the list. So it will be revealed in real time and we'll count down to our number one challenge. So to get, we have five each. Together we have 10. You know, Josh, you did a bike tour mm-hmm. with your wife yep. down the whole, almost the entire stretch of Norway 
earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that before we yeah, get sure. into the list. And the I best. do have a couple questions. Now, dude, you worked as a guide for a long time mm-hmm. in Oslo mm-hmm. uh, as a bike touring guide. Mm-hmm. And our buddy Curtis, he's the owner of that. We actually went to the same high school. He's been on the podcast. It's yep, kind yep. of crazy weird. <laughs> but you guys came up and we did a hike uh, up here not too long ago. And I started peppering you with questions about this bike trip. And, yes. uh, you know, I mean, travel's still alive, man. I think people during COVID times, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, we can't travel, but like, you know, adventure's right out your back door. And I mean, uh, granted, we live in Norway, but that can be yeah. found anywhere, especially when you just hop on your bike and go somewhere. Do you want to just give everybody like a rough sketch of what you did? So cool. Yeah. So, I mean, no doubt about it. Uh, adventure is always around the corner. It's one of my favorite adventure around the corner. So, but it just depends on how big your, you know, backyard is really, or where can you go in your backyard? And yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I was a bicycle tour guide for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sadly during a uh, COVID times, uh, this, uh, this is not happening anymore because there's no tourists. And so there shouldn't be right now, right. but something that, uh, I have a great passion for. And yeah, my wife does too, is bike touring, especially long distance bike touring. So the past couple of years we've been going on, uh, you know, tours in different places. Uh, we were a couple of years ago, we were at the, we did the Lofoten Peninsula for a week. Bike now that's like if, that. if you're hearing that maybe it sounds familiar but if it doesn't you've probably seen a picture somewhere if you're a traveler right that's like yeah. these iconic, iconic mountains coming out of the sea very windswept mountains coming it out looks of the like sea a of northern fake, norway yeah yeah and it's amazing up there and it's actually if you i mean even if you're ever if people love to go to lofoten uh this archipelago up in the arctic here in norway and it's a really fantastic place to visit and i would say if you are going to go if you're new to bike touring, uh, it's actually not a bad place to go because it's very flat. Oh, lots of mountains everywhere, but it actually is quite flat. The, like the road that you bike on is going kind of through uh, the valleys for the that's most part. That's kind of nice. So that's really nice. Um, and so yeah, we were up there a couple years ago. We did another trip last year for a couple weeks uh, through uh, the Baltic countries. Because your wife's nice. from Latvia, right? She's from Lithuania. Lithuania, sorry, <laughs> Lithuania. No, I'm only I'm only laughing because Latvia and Lithuania are the two most interchangeable countries ever. Uh, and okay. People are always like, "You're from Lithuania?" I'm like, no, <laughs> Latvia. No. Yeah, right. But no, no, no. But it's uh, it's uh, easy easy to mix up. Um, but uh, yeah. So this shame is- on me. No, it's, it's, it's like the number. It's like it, you know, you know, I, you know what I think is more actually more funny is that when people mix up Switzerland and Sweden, I think mm. uh, you in the U.S. were very guilty of this. Mm. There's a lot of mixing up of Switzerland and Sweden, mm. Latvia and Lithuania. They're neighboring countries, so okay. this makes a lot okay. more sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, back to the story. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so this year we decided. Uh, all right, we always wanted to go up uh, to the north of Norway. Yeah, and it's actually kind of a blessing in disguise that uh, didn't have a high season this year with the bike touring because we actually were able to go up there because nobody wants to go up there in the winter time. Right. I know people that go up there in the winter time, but I don't <laughs> and because the sun never comes out. And the sun never comes out, and it's cold everywhere. Literally, never comes everywhere. out. Like we're not being facetious. Yeah, it for three never months, there's comes no sun. Out. But I, I want to experience that, but, but I, maybe not uh, to live there. But. Yeah, but so we went up. We went up. We flew up. Uh, no, sorry, we didn't fly up. Uh, you want a pillow, man? I see you're kind of leaning back. Take a pillow, man. Get yourself comfortable. There you go. Yeah, nice relax. pillow. There you should go. see this house. This is nice. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So we um we took the train up to Budo up in northern Norway. Yeah. From Oslo. 
uh, I was very, I, to be honest, I was very nervous about this at first, you know, real talk, real travel talk. I was very nervous about this before because, uh, because of all like the COVID and everything. And yeah. I'd been very cautious about this and, but, um, it wasn't so bad because it was right. We were at the very low of the pandemic during, uh, the middle of July, early July. Um, so there was almost nobody on the train mm. and we took it up there. It was a, I believe it was like a 19 hour train ride, oh, crazy wow. train ride. Yeah, all the I was going to say that, that must've been a long. I, was that a nice train ride? I love a good train ride. It know? was nice. It was a bit like up. It was a bit uptight and kind of strange because of the times right, that we're in. Right. But nonetheless, beautiful. Looking out the window and uh, yeah, yeah. You just I mean, the train's the way to go if you got time to do it. Just go on the Something train. Something about the clickety clack of the train is is good for the creative soul i think yeah it's great oh, i love trains it's a great place to write and think and all kinds of stuff like that so yeah so we uh, took the train up there and then basically just like a water slide you know go up to the top and then just go all the way back down to the bottom <laughs> yeah so just like a water slide where you <laughs> pedal for three weeks straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah and then yeah then we started in bodo which is up in the arctic above the arctic circle actually oh, cool. that's where we ended our last trip when we went to Lofoten okay. for, for yeah. that week. And that's kind of where we ended the last trip. So we said, okay, now let's do the bottom half. So have you like pretty much cycled the entire length of Norway in a way? I mean, not to the North Pole, but... No, yeah, now, no, there's only this like one part left now, wow. which is kind of the North-North. That's so uh, cool. So... Yeah, so maybe we'll do that, you know, that would be like completing and then we can, yeah, then we can move on to something else. But that would that would be really, really cool to do that. But it was just amazing. Uh, we took this um, path for the first uh, half of the trip called the Schusterixwein. It's like the coastal kingdom pathway, which is this really amazing path that you can uh, cycle um, through a lot of uh, island chains up in the Arctic region. Yeah. Uh, just beautiful. And you got to remember, it's the Arctic during the summertime. So again, you have light 24 hours a day yeah amazing wow midnight sun really cool is it hard to sleep in a tent when the sun uh, like do you bring a i know some tents have like a blackout feature for uh -huh. for norway i've seen those yeah that's true do you have or, uh, no it wasn't so much of a problem because uh, after you're biking you know all day tired, long yeah. you're just tired and you're ready to go to sleep anyway so yeah. and it's yeah but it was pretty amazing <laughs> to be biking and some but you get so much energy from having so much sun that you can just bike sometimes we we're biking till like two o'clock in the morning you know and it's great because it's and norway. you don't need to worry about the darkness like oh i can't find a place to pitch my tent it's so dark yeah well it's just light all the time so yeah. you never really have to worry about that exactly so yeah and, and of course it's norway and anybody out there listening you've probably maybe heard about it before listening to this podcast but uh norway is just a great place to camp because you can pretty much camp anywhere so you can just bike as long as you want camp wherever you want yeah it's pretty awesome so yeah, yeah. i mean scandinavia is notoriously expensive and i think when people think about that they're thinking of it through the filter of sort of the traditional mm travel infrastructure of like yeah. staying in hotels or hostels or whatever like even if you're hosteling here and stuff like that it can be very expensive but if you're you know wild camping's allowed here you can camp anywhere and if you just do a bike tour for example shop at the stores uh, mm -hmm. cook your own food mm -hmm. camp out that's right i mean what what do you guys think you spent over what, what was it three and a half weeks or just roughly i mean yeah roughly um you know, uh, you know, that's actually a good question because I don't know if I ever actually calculated it. Mm. But I mean, let's say the trip itself was very cheap. Yeah. Um, when you think about what we spent, okay, we didn't pay for any places to stay, except I think we stayed at 
two or three campgrounds. Campgrounds are a little bit expensive here in Norway. Um, on, on the, you know, the cheap end, they're maybe about 15 bucks a night just to put up your tent. And on like the pricier end, they're maybe like 25 bucks a night. Yeah. Um, but we only did that like, you know, two or three times just to like get a warm shower on the road and maybe, you know, just have a night off or yeah. sometimes you can get some internet or something like that. But we didn't stay in any hotels. Uh, shopping i mean it's just your basic grocery shopping like you would do at home anyway so uh yeah right yeah so in groceries are like depending on what you buy fairly cheap here i call that like a substitution cost it's like you're not spending any extra because you would be going to the grocery store and buying exactly yeah we didn't spend any more on groceries than we do normally anyways so and then yeah the train ride the train ride was probably the two most expensive things on that whole trip i can tell you was the train ride which a 19 hour train ride cost about 100 bucks yeah and um we had to take on these islands occasionally you have to take boats like ferry boats to Mm -hmm. get from different islands because you're not biking the whole time sometimes you have to take a ferry boat because you can't bike on the water yeah and um and yeah there was like a few express ferries that we had to take just because of the way that the schedules worked and stuff and i think the most expensive one we took was like the most expensive we took was 40 bucks um but, but didn't you say some of the ferries are free if you're biking? Almost all the ferries are free if you're biking. Okay. Yeah, if yeah. you're walking or biking, almost all the ferries are free. Another cool perk about, yeah. you know, Scandinavians. I think in Nor- Norway, at least, they appreciate the yeah. when people do good by the environment, mm-hmm. you know, and seem exactly. to generally reward that behavior. Yeah. Um, so overall, I mean, not not an expensive trip. You're not yeah. paying anything to stay anywhere. You're not paying anything different for food. And you might have to throw in, let's say, in total, maybe 200 US dollars for transportation costs throughout your I mean, granted, granted you had all the gear and stuff. Like, I don't know if somebody's flying in how they figure that out, right? Like, uh, Well, yeah, but I can say as uh, for people who are into long distance biking or backpacking or something like that, because we do get a lot of people who come in as tourists uh, when I was, you know, yeah. setting renting bikes and setting people out on similar trips because right. I knew some other people that came in to do the same trip. Uh, basically, same expenses. I mean, if you wanted to rent a bike, that's going to cost you a little bit more. Probably if you want to rent a bike for a month, to be honest, I would recommend you buy a bike, yeah. you know, and, and you can, a lot, what a lot of people do is they'll buy it and then they'll resell it. Or if you have a bike that you really like, you, you bring it over on the plane. It, it's cheaper to bring your bike over on a plane, um, even from United States or, or Australia or something like that, than to rent a bike for a month. It would mm. be cheaper to bring, because usually most planes, you can get your bike on the plane for... Some planes, it's just an extra piece of luggage, and other pla- other planes, it's called special luggage, but it's usually not more than like fifty bucks. Really? Yeah. Okay. And the fifty bucks yeah. is going to be like a two day bike rental, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. I yeah. mean, just uh, it's so always- it's very affordable. Anybody out there listening? I I think that if you if you I'll just say one more thing. If you compare bike touring in Norway or in Scandinavia, where camping is pretty, in the Baltic countries where camping's free everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, if you compare it even to places like Germany where uh, maybe groceries are a little bit cheaper and stuff like that, you, you, there you can't camp wherever you want. So there you're going to have to pay mm. fees every single night. And then you're going to rack up a lot of right. money. Okay. Yeah, so the wild camping thing is a... Uh, huge advantage. Yeah, huge, huge advantage. I mean, I know that you could do that in Scotland as well. I mean, I'm not sure. Do you mm. know what other countries are in around Europe? You yeah, can- wild camping. You can do a lot of wild camping. Um, 
most of the Scandinavian countries minus Denmark. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in the Baltic countries, in Estonia, um, Lithuania, and Latvia, you can also wild camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great way to travel. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a bit on your podcast. But yeah, um, we'll just copy paste this. Whole <laughs> <conversation>. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think it's um, it's also a great way to extend your travels, right? I mean, if you're somebody who's working on a budget and mm-hmm. you, you know, you're like, hey, I really want to explore Scandinavia, but you you know it can be prohibitively expensive for some people. Well, I mean, this is a way, well, hey, it doesn't mean you have to be like a grimy bike tour guy or gal the whole time. What are you time, trying to but, say? You know, you could, uh, well, I mean, you don't get to shower very often. It's not everybody's jam, right? Yeah, to go yeah, out yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, pedal and camp every night and Good stuff point. like that. Yeah. But if you open up your mind, you're like, all right, well, me, me, maybe that's something I do for a couple weeks and then I could do the hotel thing for a couple weeks and now I, my trip's a month instead of 10 days, exactly. you know? And I've yeah. gotten to see nature and have this, uh, you know, get some exercise. And I mean, there, we can go on and on. This, that, it's not what we're talking about today though we should get into this list right <laughs> this but great. uh i, I, have I can talk about push. hobo traveling all day long maybe we'll have to uh <laughs> maybe we'll have to do a whole dedicated episode yeah. to that if people want to hear about it let us know jason at zero to travel.com you can always drop me a line and uh ask us any questions about that okay let's get into this list man are you ready for it top 10 challenges, challenges. of living abroad now we you know, originally we were going to be more provocative and say, because our, our original episode, if you want to dig into the archives again and listen, it's called Top 10 Reasons to Love Living Abroad. And we share our top 10. And then we're like, top 10 reasons to hate living abroad? No, hate's too strong of a word, right? So yes. we went with the challenges. It, it They are challenges. And I have ranked mine, and I, I believe you have as well, from uh, five to, to yeah. one. You know, we'll each read our top five and collectively that's 10. Uh, and we'll just have a little discussion around each one. But do you want to bring up your number five? I'll let you kick it off. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, let's see. So, well, one thing I was going to say, I was going to, I meant to mention this before the podcast, but it's always more fun when you say stuff on the podcast. Anyway, so yes. I, I had a, like a little editorial, like, because I knew we yes. said we weren't going to talk about this. Please. But I want to talk about. Please, it. <laughs> you have you have the floor, literally. So, so um, I, I remember when we were talking about this. We said, okay, we're not going to talk about the uh, I miss my family or I miss home stuff. Did we say that? I think I think we said that. I don't. I think we said that. Well, anyway, okay, I'm going to talk about it then. Yeah. Because well, I thought yeah, because, well, because it's such a typical. That might thing. be on my list. It's such it's such a typical so, thing. Yeah, it, it is allowed. Yeah. Okay. It's because otherwise I have to hit pause and figure out something else on my. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it, I mean, well, let's say this: if you look at any top 10. coffee oh yeah right. fill you up i'm gonna fill you up over here tuus and talk senior tuus and talk that's, thank you very much in norwegian yes. okay tuus and talk. that's about all we know oh. <laughs> um okay so the drum roll please do is uh yeah the being away from home thing the family thing it, it's on every list you ever read about about mm. oh the hard parts about living abroad. but i'm gonna throw in a little twist here because it is a typical thing but I think that we're feeling it a little different right now, now that it's like something like Corona time. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in with a serious topic. Um, it's, it's not, okay. it's not, it's not just like, it's not just like, Oh, it sucks that I can only see my family once or twice a year or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I have to always take a plane or it's really annoying, but now it's like, we're in a position right now. Um, and a lot of people don't, understand this yeah. is that we're in a position right now as like people in the u.s living abroad and a lot of almost all the other countries where we can't really go anywhere mm-hmm. um it would be very difficult 
under these circumstances with like living in a country like Norway and a country like United States, which is like in a it could be any kind of catastrophe, but it's in a catastrophe right now where we can't go back there for a few reasons. Um, number one, it's considered a red area by like European and like Norwegian standards. So that means that at the time of this recording at the time of this recording. Yeah. So that means that um, we're in, we, in November 16th, 2020 right now. Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To keep this podcast green, this can be translated to other circumstances in the future. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's a real life thing. Like sometimes stuff happens this time. It's Corona. It could happen another yeah. time. We don't know. I mean, God forbid anything worse happen. But mm. it's something to think about that. There are real reasons, for example, border closures. Right. Uh, these types of things that keep us from going home right now. The main problem, I would say, in my case, and it's probably similar in your case, uh, is that our health insurance doesn't cover us like travel health insurance mm. doesn't cover us if we want to go back to the United mm. States right now. So that would put us in a position where, you know, yeah. you can't be in. I want to go back and visit my parents or something like that. But at the same time, mm. oh, I can't even if I'm legally allowed to be there, because what if I get sick? Or mm -hmm. something like so, yeah, just yeah. stuff like that. And that's a real thing, because it's something to keep in mind when you're living abroad um, is that, you know, unforeseen things can happen beyond just oh i missed my plane or it's really expensive to fly yeah. home so yeah it's kind of yeah yeah no it's true i mean it's uh if you're not in within driving distance say for us in the states i'm thinking driving distance like and you're away from your family that's going to be a risk right something mm -hmm. happens in the world you might literally not be able to mm -hmm. see them and that's what's happening now you know i did a podcast a little bit back with one of the founders of this movement, Love is Not Tourism. I don't know if you've heard about I, that. I actually, I listened to that um, podcast, yeah. So that's something, if people want to support, like kind of reuniting family and loved ones, that's something you can look into. But st it's still like there are risks, you know, there's a lot of complicated issues around it. And I know Norway just allowed grandparents to come see their grandchildren again. Mm. They have to quarantine for 10 days and it's like, I guess I think it's subsidized because I talked to my buddy the other day and his mom is staying at like a hotel somewhere near the airport mm -hmm. and they're just like they feed her three meals a day but she's not allowed to pick anything that she wants she just gets what she gets yeah she has to pay 500 kroner a night mm -hmm. uh and she has to be there for 10 days and then she's allowed in yeah. so i mean and and you know these are this is the reality of the time so yeah, is this is on your list by the way i don't the, know yeah, it's this not is, my list. Right, yeah. is this your number five yeah I, and I, I was just gonna say to summarize so to keep this uh current into the future yeah is that i think the the main point is is that there are these greater than just the price of plane tickets or you know this mm. the this getting time off from work to go back and visit your family or something yeah. there are these kind of existential things that could occur okay. that are uh dampered yes by yes living abroad yeah okay yeah so yeah coming Got out it. swinging with the big one very good this episode is brought to you by u.s bank recently i went out for tacos and it wasn't even friday yes we have taco friday in norway not taco tuesday well more importantly i could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells introducing the u.s bank altitude go visa signature card earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery including tacos plus you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and ev charging stations you're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big 
with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. All right, my number five, again, I made this list before COVID, actually. We were going to record this a while back. I, I did too, but and, then I added that one in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's funny kind of looking at this with fresh eyes and it means something different, but... It was very challenging for a long time and maybe sometimes still is to embrace the lifestyle change. And by that, I mean, like when I first came to Norway, now I think the dollar has doubled in value. But I mean, like a latte at a coffee shop was like 10 bucks or something. Used right? to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Used to be. Um, now it's like half the price. Drastically changed. Yeah. It's basically on but, par with the dollar. So now. when I first came, it, it was like... I mean, I, I didn't feel like I could even go to a coffee shop and just have a coffee. That was like a big mm-hmm. deal because I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend 10 bucks yeah. to get a coffee. And, and you know, in the States, like for better or worse, it, there's a saying, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, I, my friend David, I think, told me a bit, but he's like, in the USA, everything you need is, an ex- is expensive and everything you want is cheap. In mm. Norway, everything you want is expensive and everything you need is cheap. That's right, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, totally. like in the US, you Beer is cheap, gas pretty cheap, mm-hmm. like um, food, happy mm-hmm. hours, all this stuff. But then health insurance and things that you actually need mm-hmm. are or, expensive or and a heads problem, of broccoli, right? Yeah, right. Avocados. He, here it's the opposite, right? We get the health benefits and all that stuff, but then like they don't have happy hour. That's not allowed here. For example, you know, you go to a bar, uh, <laughs> you get beer. It's like you know, ten or fifteen bucks to get a beer at a bar. So. Mm. That was a big lifestyle change, man. So like my mm. number five is was the lifestyle change, the challenge of, mm. because every culture is, I'm sorry, I got, I, my microphone has a hair in it somewhere. It keeps getting in my mouth, but it's uh, somehow, not coming off the mic. My hair somehow got over there. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm pulling on my tongue now. Yeah. So it was just such a big uh, lifestyle change for me going from, I was like always out and about yeah. in the US, you know, mm-hmm. walk, ride my bike somewhere, hop in the car, go to, go to a cafe, go here, go there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in, you know, part of it was like I was in Boulder, which is a small town, very bikeable. Not that Oslo's not, of course it is, but just moving to a city, I hadn't like been used to it. Living in a city was a whole new thing. And then just taking away sort of the everyday 
things that were part of my lifestyle, like being able to hop in my own car and just drive somewhere and have that independence. Is, mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just completely different daily life. And now I'm used to it. Uh, it's still challenging sometimes, but it's kind of like my life in the USA, hey, how I used to live it is kind of, yeah, it was just like my life then and this is my life now. So I've embraced it, but it, it took a long time to kind of get used to. Yep, totally. Yeah, I I can I can I can relate to that. Yeah, I mean it's just not I I think that, you know, you can also see it, in, it from the other perspective too, like you can kind of remember when you've traveled to places where you were able to like live out your fantasies that you couldn't even do back home. Mm-hmm. Uh like for example, I, I remember I used to when I was working in Korea, and Korea was also kind of on par with the States, like price wise. But then I remember going to like on my, I was an English teacher. So on my break, we went to Indonesia yeah. where things were like a third <laughs> the price of everything. <laughs> right. And you were like, oh my God, for the first time in my life, I can like go out. Do and everything I want. <laughs> buy a bunch of food and like, yeah, all this kind of ridiculous stuff, which I think people, yeah, I think, I, I think, and that's why I think uh, people are shocked when they come to a place like Norway, because I think when a lot of people fantasize about traveling, you know, in a, a very like stereotypical way, it's like, I'm going to go to these places and everything's going to be cheaper and I can yeah. buy all these things and I can like live out my fantasies of like mm-hmm. gorging myself on <laughs> <laughs> food on the street right. or something, <laughs> buy whatever. Yeah. But then you come to a place like this and it's like flip the script big time, you know what I mean? Especially back then when the kroner was really Right. Yeah, this valuable. is the opposite of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the, this is the opposite. Well, and nowadays, but that's what's really funny about Norway, and we're having a very Norway-centric conversation right now because yes. that's where we are, is that nowadays, to demystify it a little bit, the kroner has crashed so much that it's an interesting balance that we've come to where still the things that you need are cheaper and the things that you want are more expensive, but on to a lesser degree now. Mm-hmm. You know, so those things that you need are, are you need are still cheaper. It's it's wild. People would be surprised yeah. by how affordable it can be in many ways. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, with this list, like we're not. I don't think either of us are negative Nelly types. You know, so like a lot of these things in this list also have upsides right oh yeah that's right we're on the the things i don't like list yeah i mean i'm talking but i'm talking about you know that as was a challenge that's why we use the word challenge right the lifestyle change was a challenge but it doesn't mean that i uh i don't think it's a better way of life you know people here can you know they're not gonna lose everything because you still will be taken care of if you you know something happens or and, and like there's something to to that you know there's like sort of a creative and artistic freedom that you can have if you look at it that way right Mm -hmm. it's like all right well i don't have the stress of having to like you know be a indentured servitude to you know whatever fill in the blank company because they're giving my me my insurance and if i don't work with them then i lose all my insurance and then you know it's just i don't know we could go that's a whole other yeah i don't want to go into a political i I feel i feel like i forgot that we were on the things i don't don't like challenges yeah challenges challenges challenges. but one thing i can add to that too is i can say for sure i remember when i first came here i remember i came here with i was studying abroad here like i was or i was studying in a program here with a lot of other people who we were studying abroad and it was very challenging for a lot of people especially mm. students coming here especially all oh, right we, the student here, lifestyle yeah we've like been here for a long time two dollar so, hoagies yeah and, you know whatever yeah you, we've had time to adapt <laughs> but when you first really come here it is very shocking yeah uh, and and people are like oh my god how can you even live here like right. how do people it doesn't make any sense yeah so, but right it makes well let's sense. hear let's hear your number four yeah okay uh number four let's see 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's a very obvious one, I would say. Uh, maybe not so obvious. So things that are challenging while living abroad. Uh, language. Yeah, language. I mean, really obvious. I want to um, mm. And and why I think that this is challenging is because okay I feel like there's this I cannot believe I don't have this on the list. Ah, it's okay. it's that's such an obvious. That's, that's I'm, I'm so glad you have it on your list. Yeah. So I mean I mean you know we've all been to a lot of different places. I've lived in a lot of different countries where English was not actually everywhere I lived except England was English was not the <laughs> language. And I have to. What admit, do they speak in England? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they speak Welsh and, and I don't know Cockney. <laughs> But, um, yeah, but uh, language is a big, it, it's an issue. It's a challenge because now it, in some places it's a, I feel like a lot more accom like accommodating to learn a language. You know, I spent a lot of time in Spanish speaking countries and when I lived there, okay, there's not as many people speaking English as in Ecuador, not as many people speaking English. Yeah. So you're forced into it. You're forced to learn the language, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but you know, a place like Norway, for example, um, it's, you can like you know you can kind of get by without you know really learn it doesn't it's not a necessarily a good thing but you can't because everybody here speaks english mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it kind of takes away this um what i found challenging that takes away this uh kind of survival i must learn the language mm -hmm. thing yeah. and it makes it more and, and it's not norway's fault right that they're good at english it's not norway's fault that they're good at english um but it, it but then but on the other hand i think there's a lot because we have this stereotype especially you hear it a lot in the states you know and i've heard it in other places i've heard it here too oh well you're in united states you should learn english you know what i mean or you're in norway you should learn english or you should learn norwegian but um going through that experience myself mm -hmm. and seeing the challenges of where some places are a bit more common than others you re you come to realize that it's not that simple um some people they got lives they got families they got things going on you know they're, they're studying degrees they're doing this they're doing that and to a certain extent maybe that that's not part of their survival mechanism. they're hosting podcasts I they're mean. hosting podcasts <laughs> around the world talking to people in english all day long so i mean so I, I think coming from that if anybody's out there listening my message is be easy on the people that are you know maybe not mm. integrating in that way at least now because maybe for some reason they're just occupied of other things and yeah. it hasn't really been uh part of their like you know it hasn't been such an opportunity for them maybe yeah it mm -hmm. also yeah i appreciate that thanks mm -hmm. you're a good <laughs> you're a good man charlie brown um <laughs> no it's uh i can't believe it's not on my list because it is such a challenge mm -hmm. and it has been such a challenge and i've found that uh when i started learning the language and using it so much more opened up to me you know, mm. but there are some places where they don't show any mercy. Like here in my neighborhood, when I talk Norwegian with people, they don't switch over to English, even though they know I'm struggling. That's great. And it, it is. But, you know, I, I don't know. Like lately, I've felt you go through these highs and lows, right? Uh -huh. Like a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, oh, my Norwegian's pretty good. Like I'm understanding everything. And then, yep. you know, we met this Swedish guy out front earlier today and, and he uh -huh. was a uh, chopping wood and <laughs> that's another story. But uh, he started talking to me yesterday and that. I didn't understand what he was saying. And then, I don't know, I was talking to a parent at the daycare where my kids go and she said something and I could tell, like, I just kind of nodded because I didn't understand. And then it was probably the wrong thing, like socially <laughs> yeah. to do, you know? And even this morning, the guy at the store was talking to me 
and I didn't understand a lot of it. Uh, and I'm just like, what happened? Am I like falling off the radar here? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on. Totally. So I'm, I'm going to dip right now with the language, but yeah. it's it like, is challenging. And like, to your point, I remember a lot of people saying to me, like, you got to learn Norwegian. You got to learn Norwegian. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the pressure from yeah. various people in my circle uh, that were in Norwegian. Uh-huh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, it was like, all right. Yeah, but I'm also like, like you said, I'm like trying to run these businesses and like I've got two small kids and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I'm just thinking, all right, well, you fly to Portugal where you don't know any of the language mm-hmm. and like open up a business, figure out all the taxes, figure out like do all this stuff, raise two small kids and learn the language. Let yep. me see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. If it's so easy, you go do it. Yeah. You know? no, it, it, that, <laughs> it's, it, like, it's a very... And I got, I, maybe yeah. I get a little aggressive there, but no, no, but it's coffee it, talking. But it, but it is true. It's a, <laughs> it's a more nuanced and more complicated situation than a lot of right. people on the surface would think it I'm is. I was trying to illustrate your point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a very good illustration. And you also got to include one other thing in there is some, some people are just more talented than others to learn these things. I know. And I'm, I don't have the, the knack for language. Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> it is, uh, and I don't know. And, and like, I don't even want to say that because then I feel like, I I don't like to say that because I, I don't want to put it out to the universe and I don't want to box myself in in that way. Cause it's I a have, challenge. It is a challenge. Here we go back to the word challenge, <laughs> which is challenge was the perfect word for this because again, we're not like trying to be negative, but we're just it's igno- challenging to talk it's about. It's okay to acknowledge the challenges. And you know what, dude, my, uh, my bucket list goal is to like, give a talk or mm-hmm. an interview in Norwegian mm. and have it be awesome. And then I'll know I've made it in Norwegian, right? My kids Scarby help because you know. they teach me new words now. Oh yeah. And the more they learn, the more they bring home, I think the better I'll get. So anyway, it's a, it's a, okay. it's a process. All right. My number four. Of interview um, poor norsk. The, uh, <laughs> the integration period is a challenge. Um, I call it the integration period. This is my number four. Mm. Part of that is the language. Mm. Part of that's just, you know, the bureaucracy, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the permits and all that stuff. The whole in-between time where you're kind of here, but you don't feel like you're really here yet because mm-hmm. you're not ingrained in the culture enough to mm-hmm. understand some of the nuances of it, which I'm still learning. And that's what kind of makes it fun in a way to feel like you're constantly traveling a bit when you live in a foreign country sometimes. Mm -hmm. The integration period was a challenge. I mean, this goes back to like the lifestyle change was a portion of that, I guess. Uh, But the whole integration period from the bureaucracy to learning the language, to getting settled in, to figuring out how to exist here Mm. was a challenge for me. So I'll just leave it at that. I'll, I'll, I can turn it over to your number three or if you want to comment, you know. Uh, well, that the uh, good news is that uh, that was also my number three. Integrating. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but I might have, you know, a little different. Uh, well, of course, we all have different experiences on this because uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like uh, I ever made it to that point where I feel integrated, you know. Uh, no, that's an ongoing process. It's, it's sure. an ongoing. It's an. I think it's forever an ongoing process. And again, it's kind of like learning the language is part of that, but it's also learning. Like you know, when I first came here, I was studying basically Norwegian culture, you mm-hmm. know, nature and all this kind of this friluftsliv uh, that we love to talk about so much. Well, explain uh, what that is, so, so everybody. So can... you can go back to uh, you, can, you can come over to my podcast if you want to learn about, it, or you can go back to the episode we did last year because I think I talked a lot about friluftsliv. But basically, friluftsliv is the free air life. It's the Norwegian cultural phenomenon of just being outside and doing outdoor activities and living the outdoor life here mm-hmm. in Norway. So Not. 
inside drinking coffee, eating Snickers pie. Oh, they do that too. Podcasts. Yeah, that's a big. That's part of it too. <laughs> they yeah. do that big time. <laughs> it's called that's called the heat to leave the the cabin life, you <laughs> right, know, which is a big right. part of the outdoor life. But um, but it's just yeah. So I learned a lot of about the I was in uh, customs and all of these kinds of things very early on. That was a huge part of my integration, and uh, and I'm very uh, happy that I got that. But um, you know, once that happened, then it's kind of like, well, what is it really to be here, especially as an international person? Again, where it's like you can spend your life kind of half in Norwegian, half in English, and it depends on who you associate with. You can try to have uh, integrate and have friends, but it's not always the easiest thing to do here, having yeah. local friends because mm. they have their own kind of local scene going on already. And it's yeah. a cultural thing. And then in, in my in my case in particular, um, and I think there's a lot of people in this situation, too, like if your partner is also not from here. Yeah. Then you kind of almost live in another category, you know, where right. you're, bo- you're both not from you're here. You're both not from here. Right. We're kind of floating on like a satellite, you know, yeah, like in the in the culture, true. you know. Yeah, because my wife's Norwegian, so we I'm in Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, for sure. And, and your kids are Norwegian and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right. So that's a. I mean, you're in a different. Uh, yeah, uh, no, that's sort true. Of different yeah. pa- uh, avenue, perhaps. Yeah. Um, still, not, still not easy. That's a, comes with its own set of challenges. But it is kind of weird to be in that kind of floating bubble. Like I'm here, but we could almost be anywhere. Yeah, you know. Right. So yeah, but uh, so it's yeah. And you yeah, want, that's true. And like literally, you can't. You could be anywhere. Like you guys both have access to all of Europe. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. Mm-hmm. You know, that adds another element of like, mm-hmm. there are options, right? Yeah. Um, you could go back to her home country, your home country. You could live in different places in Europe perhaps. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, not that we can't do that, but we have, you know, she has family here. And yeah, well, this it's, is, it's, it's different. This is half of the package right, right here. And in and, and, uh, in my particular situation, but I think a lot of, the, I come to meet a lot of people who are in such a situation where it's like, this is almost like the third base. Yeah, right. You get, usually get your two bases, right. you get third base. So, yeah, it's, it's You're a, a third culture adult. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. It is, it is weird. Yeah, it gives you definitely an interesting sense of like, being a global citizen yeah. kind of yeah her family's my family too you know and i it's yeah. nice to be near some family but yeah it's um mm-hmm. there is a, a sort of just to give one more comment on on that i mean i think like when you're in that satellite situation it's like being a traveler in a way right you're like Always. passing through a place and uh-huh. uh but you live here I, i'm just digging into it in my head and trying to walk in your shoes for a second but it's uh it's yeah it's it's an, it's a different way of being yes. in a place, I mm-hmm. think. And it's, uh, in, in some ways I feel like when you're in a culture that you're not tied to in some way like that, it, it can also give you space to kind of be a little more introspective in mm-hmm. some way, oh. in some ways, like not, not generally across the board, but like, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't be introspective if you're not in that situation. But I just mean you're, I don't know. It's like when you're traveling, I guess when you're passing through, you just, if you if you're kind of untethered, it's just a different feeling. Mm-hmm. If you're untethered a bit to a place, I I can't really explain it. I'm not articulating it very. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I could I could also just like summarize it a little bit because sometimes people would be like, well, um, you know, so where where do you live? You're at home. You know, we're, we're getting real deep now, but it's like you're at home. You know, and it's like, well, am I? Am I? It's right. it's, it's, it's like yeah, it's like particularly my home. I right. Guess. Speaking like, of ex- not existential crisis, but it's like <laughs> it redefines what home means. Exactly. And in that yeah. way, yeah. I mean, I'm I've just been reading about and thinking about impermanence. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as a as a thing, which is just a fact for mm-hmm. all of us here. Yeah. Everything's impermanent, and 
you know, even the idea of home, like in the end, not to sound too morbid or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't know that nothing lasts forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what, is, what is really home? It's kind of like what you carry around with you. I think you can get more in touch with that mm-hmm. when you're traveling around because not that you shouldn't. I mean, I like, I, like I have a home here. I want, I like to have a home and I like the feeling of, but I understand it's also a bit of an illusion. Right. Mm. I want my kids to have a feeling of home. I want them to come and be like, sure. I'm home. But like, I don't know how long we're going to live here. How long is this home? And then you call something else home. Mm-hmm. Is it just the label that makes you, that you associate with feeling? I don't know. It's anyway, like, it's I don't like, want to go um, on an existential rant. There, here, I'll just, there was this great um, ph- philosophical point made one time by, uh, I don't know if he's still with us, but Joe Dirt. <laughs> he said, home is where you make it. <laughs> oh yeah all right in the immortal <laughs> words of joe dirt uh I, I didn't think joe dirt was going to make it into this podcast if the, if nobody knows what we're talking about you can just google hey, man, joe go dirt. back and watch joe dirt that is like it's like the it's like the odyssey through the like the filter of a redneck uh, that's good. sorry i don't want to offend any rednecks that are listening right now <laughs> that's funny all right my number three would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day i've tried it all i've done the pour over i've done the french press but i tasted an aeropress coffee many years ago and immediately i was sold i had to get one aeropress is a patented three-in-one brew technology this combines the flavor benefits of espresso pour over and french press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home i love things you can use in both places this device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. So one of the challenges for me is missing these shared cultural connections. So mm. I get to have that with you, right? Like we can, it just happened. This is a great segue into this number three mm-hmm. because you mentioned Joe Dirt and we both laughed and yeah. it's kind of like an inside mm-hmm. joke, pop, pop culture type thing we can you know we can get together and we can kind of be on the same same wavelength Mm -hmm. with uh the way maybe we make jokes or or like have connections within the u.s whether it's we all came from the same uh you know all you can eat uh pizza buffet (laughs) there you go yeah so it's like you can say something like that and i'll appreciate it and think it's funny and you know i have a good a good story to kind of communicate this one time uh one of uh friends of ours came over and it's a couple and they have two kids and 
uh, the husband, he's a pretty funny guy. And uh, he said, uh, he said he was like, I, I, I can't remember. He said he was like working out and then he was, I don't know, he was picking up some food or whatever. I'm like, Oh, you watching your girlish figure. You know, I just kind of made a joke. It's like a, you just a joke, whatever. How dare you? And he was just kind of like, like, and they're just said like, what did you mean by that? Where she's like, I could tell his face got weird. Were you like calling him a girl? And I was like, uh, no, it's just like a stupid expression. I don't know. I was just being goofy. Like, you know, it's just like these little small things that, um, and maybe it's just the way we can joke around with like, certain fellow country yeah. men and women and there's some shared cultural connection that's missing here i cannot make yeah. the same sort of even the pacing is different like oh. i cannot exactly yeah. be it's not that i can't be myself but like i have to hold back certain things that i know would fly out that like you might get but mm. like it wouldn't make sense oh yeah to somebody here mm -hmm. you know and that that can be a challenge because oh. mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just part of the way I express myself within your own culture and you put yourself out of that and now you in some ways learn a different way to express yourself in certain situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I think I was saying just a few days ago, I was saying it is kind of strange sometimes to think like, you know, I, I've been out of the States now for a decade, actually, when I think about it and have lived in, I don't know, five different countries over that time. And you pick up things along the way. And I sometimes wonder, yeah, what would it be like, you know, now to take myself and put myself back in that matrix of, you know, USA culture? Because sometimes mm -hmm. you start to feel like, oh, yeah, when you're here, you say, oh, people don't get my jokes. Uh, oh, and I always wonder, yeah, what would it be like to take that back there? Would I, would I be as funny as I think? <laughs> you know? Or would I be a total weirdo? You right, know what I mean? Like, because right, right. I, I also imagine going 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 back and being a, a cultural weirdo at that point. Like, I, uh -huh. I, I'm, in, I'm in South Florida. I ride my bike everywhere and right. like bring my right. lunch in my backpack everywhere I go, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. But I mean, you know on on the upside of this right it's like it's fun to be the cultural outsider too in some yeah. ways right you get oh, I think like, it'd be a lot of fun yeah you get a free ticket for a lot of things i think we might have talked about that a bit in yeah the we did yeah. yeah um all right what's your number two? Oh yeah we got two more okay this guy's the best uh mouth trumpet solos i've heard <laughs> ever <laughs> running the open mic I've, i mean i heard you rocking the mic like sing, singing some one of your tunes and then uh yeah and then all of a sudden you bust into like the a trumpet solo Right That's right. Yeah. If you ever, anybody ever wants to check me out, you can go to uh, boutique.bandcamp.com. Check out Boutique on the. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> check out Boutique on Spotify. Some new music fans. Bo B O T I K. Anyways, a little. Just, that was that was my we'll little plug. paid we'll paid advertisement. Music plug. There you go. <laughs> Unpaid advertisement. Yummy fifty bucks. All right. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the boat. The Boutique music. I don't think uh, we have that in our budget. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, go. It's kind of again, we're kind of building on this, you know, concept now, but this is a bit more specific about being the outsider and stuff like that. So I said, um, being an immigrant, yeah, mm. something that I mean, it probably sounds sad and pathetic, uh, on the on the on the on the record player on the radio here, um, talking about you know, I'm from the United States and how hard it is to be an immigrant mm -hmm. in another country, but it is. And mm -hmm. what a big points that I mean about that is that you know. No matter if, if you, a lot of people don't understand this if you're not from Europe, um, but you know, U.S. just like many other countries is a third-party country, 
Uh, it's not simple for us to move over here and there's a ton of hoops you got to jump through and again i know we're on slightly different kinds of immigration uh, pathways uh but for example like i've lived in europe for 10 years now almost 10 years i still don't have any kind of permanent residence this mm. again goes with this impermanence thing and all the things that you have to the hoops you got to jump through mm. gotta learn this gotta learn that and at the end of the day i mean and i say this because it's something that's real that impacts myself, this feeling of uh, always being on the outside. And it also is a very good experience to go through because you really I can identify with all the stories of all the other people around the world that are going through the same thing through immigration or people who are not not to compare myself to that, but people who are in like refugee asylum situations, stuff like that, how much yeah. harder they are experiencing right. what they're having with yeah. it. But this feeling, the, the general feeling of always being kind of an outsider, kind of, uh, you see other people have rights that you don't have um, and, and like real legal stuff, mm -hmm. real like legal rights, not just like socially constructed rights, right. which is important too, but real legal stuff that hoops, you, some things you just can't mm -hmm. get over. Yeah. Some, some programs. So the, at the bottom line is you're, at the end of the day, everybody in the world kind of just wants to live and just be a human. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're in this immigration process, um, which seems to go on forever, um, you are, it's sad to say, but it's kind of true. You in society, legal society, bureaucratic society, you can feel a little less human sometimes. And mm. I think you, this is... Do you think that's really um, made you even more compassionate towards some of the immigration uh, issues around the world? Oh, know, absolutely. And I mean, it's, some, it's something that I realized very early on. Like, I mean, I remember even the 10 years ago when I first uh, applied for visas in Korea and it was so frustrating and everything. Yeah. And then I had to do that again in Germany and again in England and again in mm. Germany and again in Italy and then mm -hmm. in, in Norway and then again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. It never ends. Mm -hmm. And um, you're always restricted in some ways. And you also live with this kind of feeling of impermanence uh, mm. where, yeah, if one thing gets screwed up, you never know. You might right be be jettisoned all that all, all that all that time and effort yeah. you put into learning a language yeah. or forging friendships or uh, connections or something like that and so yeah it's 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 a weird uh situation to yeah. be in yeah and it's a, in, in a way it was a lot of um you know all over the board you know institutional discrimination going on in this way where it's just mm -hmm. like oh well you want to live here well you're gonna and of course this is in united states too so yeah. it's no it's no different for people trying right. to come to the united states so but it really makes you also feel yeah like you said for the you know sitting in my norwegian class next to actually in just the other weekend i met another syrian refugee and they're you know basically they'd love to be in their home country but there's a civil war going on mm -hmm. it's a horrible situation mm -hmm end up in Norway. They don't really get to pick where they get to live. And mm -hmm. it just reminds me like when I'm feeling those challenges, I'm like, wow, this is nothing compared to, you know, I'm here by choice and, mm -hmm. you know, but, but that doesn't mean that there's not, there aren't challenges associated with that too. But, uh, but I think like it, you know, just going through the experience to your point, it gives you even more compassion ab about everybody else's situation, what, what, what they might be going through. And, um, we're all on this one rock, right? So yeah, it, it, it just, just makes find you a way to kind of open up to, you know, it's just so easy. I think I think the problem is a lot of people just use a word like immigration or whatever word they want to use, and then they, it's just like this blanket concept. Mm -hmm. But like these people are individuals with lives and situations, and yeah. you can't just 
Anyway, again, I don't want to go onto a political track, but yeah, it's, no, uh, but uh, it, but you know, I know this is the zero to travel podcast, so I know a lot of people are listening more, maybe thinking, maybe some people are thinking about uh, moving places too. But I mean, yeah. it's a lot of like travel oriented. So because I always have to laugh a little bit when people I'll get, I'll get calls from my aunts and uncles or whatever, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's so great, you just get to be out traveling all the time," mm-hmm. and I'm just like, eh, "That that's not really what's happening." So it's a little different when you actually decide to make that move abroad, or you mm-hmm. happen to to be you know get a job or something like that and takes you abroad it is going to be there are different challenges with that that are maybe not so much with traveling and oh i just need to go to europe for yeah. three months or something like that right it's a whole different ball yeah. game yeah. these i never thought of any of these things when i because when yeah. i first came to europe it was my first trip overseas and i was like oh my god i want to live in europe i remember like yeah and i didn't think about you know any of this stuff but uh you know we're not trying to dissuade anybody it's awesome over here all right my number two that's right this is a no-brainer we're, <laughs> we're going light here dude the food the food i mean come on the food, the food. Uh, mexican food i miss my mexican food oh, back man. in the states i miss my crunchy claws and pickles that i can get at the grocery store for a reasonable price and mm-hmm. they don't even have them here i miss my affordable thai takeout or whatever Ooh. takeout food i need takeout food Malacora, i miss my east coast pizza i miss all of it man oh man so uh, anyway oh man the food the food i'll leave it at that I could, we could do a whole podcast about that. Yeah. Mm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, I was just say, all I'll conclude with that is I'm thinking about uh, Mexican restaurant, happy hour, $5.99 plate of delicious food and like two for one margaritas. Oh man. Well, let me tell you what, dude, <laughs> I've been jonesing for refried beans because they're very beans. difficult to find. Finally found them at the many down the road oh, yeah. uh, the other day. They yeah. were... It was $7 for a can. Oh, I, Lord. I bought a can. I, I tell you what, I'm going to make a very special plate of nachos with that can of refried beans. Oh, man, you got to I see. I got I to gotta come over sometime and make you refried beans. I make my own refried beans now. Oh. All right, Easy man. Peasy. I got I to get that. Got to get that <laughs> recipe. All right. Have, yeah, we um, should have an episode of just homemade recipes of food you can't oh, yeah. get back home. That fits right <laughs> or in. Or you can't get here that you want from back <laughs> All right. Number one. Last but not least, um, uh, this is again. This is probably a more like serious one again. But I will try to. Uh, I'll try to keep it short because I think it relates to a lot of what we already talked about. But I'm going to say perspective. And I think this is a positive thing on the last one we did, and I'm also going to talk about the 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 mm. downside of that. Okay. Perspective. Getting. Uh, you know, some of the things that you. There's a lot of conceptions about who you are and what you are from outsiders, especially like family and friends back home, mm. where you could have been uh, a person like me. I was talking about a lot of stuff about society and culture before I ever left the United States. Uh, and then, of course, when you leave, you get different experiences, too. But now when you go back, I do get I do get some flack sometimes. People are like, oh, yeah, well, you just think that because you don't live in America anymore. Like, oh, you just you're so like uh oh, like you're a snob you're now you're such a snob yeah you and got I'm just your like, nose in the air yeah yeah like yeah kind of like oh well let me tell you like i can distinctly remember um i won't mention who it is they might be listening I don't mm. know. but I, you know you know who you are i don't think i don't think i don't think they're listening grandma no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but um you know i remember my sitting- josh is talking <laughs> about me again <laughs> no i remember no i love you grandma uh and um I remember, I remember, you know, just sitting at the dinner table talking about how healthcare was in Norway, yeah. you know, and they go, oh yeah, well, like 
Yeah, well, good thing you live in Norway because, you know... Like uh, taking personal offense. Yeah, and you're just like, I wasn't even, like, trying to make anybody feel... You just asked how life Right, you're just giving the facts of the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, anyway, so perspective sometimes uh, that can be... And it also can... So it can cause some rifts amongst maybe family and friends in some ways? Yeah, well, yeah, because you start to be almost... It's it's weird. Again, this is more of this kind of stuff we've been talking about the whole time. This is, this has been... My, thank you for this therapy session. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is like... It's no, like, thank you. It's like you, you, you kind of end up in this limbo where you almost are an outsider from back home, but then you're also kind of an outsider where you live. So oh, you're right. kind of like a yes, full-time yeah. outsider, yeah. you know? Which, in, to be fair, you kind of like that. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. This is, this, is, this is my... I'm trying to make career out of this. No. And, <laughs> um but uh but it, yeah it has its pluses and it has yeah no i understand its minuses but perspective is always a good thing but sometimes it's kind of it can be a perspective it's a hell of a drug yeah. <laughs> there you go there you go that that's sums it. it up that's the gavel um, my number one i guess i apparently i gave you this rule a long time ago and i didn't remember it or i didn't adhere to my own rule because my number one is uh not having family and friends around <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> You know, and it's, it goes back to what we talked about before, like the, the, yeah, I mean, my grandparents can't see their kids right now. I mean, of course, that's tied to, you know, what's going on in the world with the pandemic, but COVID. generally speaking, they're not right down the road either, you know? Mm. So it's like, yeah, just like being able to pop over to a friend's for a barbecue or, mm. you know, see the folks or wh- whatever the case is. I mean, nobody lives forever and it's like, you know, you start to think, well, how much how many more times am I going to, I mean, get, be able to get together and hang out. And then that gets real heavy. Right. And it's yeah, like, totally. well, you know, you can't think about that every day because it's just too hard, but, um, mm-hmm. it is, uh, it can be very difficult for, um, not having family and friends around. Um, yeah. what is a positive thing is having them as visitors is always nice. Cause then you get to maybe spend more quality time in some ways. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, you get to be in a, like a new place together and it's kind of a different, I don't know, vibe. why are you giggling? You, you <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, that's a very nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, you know, you try to look at the positive. Yeah. Of but, course. Um, no, it is, I mean, it is, and it is cool. You know, it, it is cool too, because I mean, I know one thing, for example, when I started living abroad and I think at the same time, my brother was also living abroad. Um, my parents started traveling more and like kind of getting outside of their comfort zone yeah. a bit more. Right. I would say, till especially like foreign countries yeah. and stuff like that. I'd say the same with so my parents as well. That's a positive. Yeah. That's definitely a positive thing. Opening, Absolutely. Opening the oyster. The world is your oyster. Well, we did it, man. Wow. Top 10 uh, challenges of living abroad. Mm. Should we recap quickly? I, I can do my list, and sure. you want you want to do yours for? I'll do mine. My number five was the the expense and the lifestyle change, and number four was the integration period. The number three was just missing those shared cultural connections. Number two, the food, and number one, not having family and friends around. Mm-hmm. You want to give us your quick uh, thirty second synopsis? Yeah, my number five was not having your distance from home, family and friends, and uh, four was uh, language. Yep. Learning the language, not learning the language. Uh, number three would be integrating, not just the language, but also integrating of customs, cultures, attitudes, and finding friends and relationships, stuff like that. Number f- two, being an immigrant and that whole kind of uh, immigration mm. process, always being in limbo. And number, what was this, number one? Yeah, all the perspective you get, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This was fun, man. I mean, you know what's cool is, like, 
we'd be having this conversation anyway. We'd probably be going on a lot more tangents if we didn't have the list. Yeah, trying to but uh, we just get to have this conversation and record it and share it with you. So I hope <laughs> that uh, you got some some value out of this or just some, uh, some oh, ideas yeah, or great. some new perspectives. I love perhaps? this. Perspective. Maybe some, maybe some, it's a heck of a drug. Maybe some transnatural perspectives. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna be, we're going to be <laughs> recording an episode for the Transnatural Perspectives podcast next, which is Josh's podcast. So you can hear that. Uh, if you just search wherever you get podcasts. Uh, hey, can you do me a favor, Josh, while I, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to somebody in the community in a minute, but you yeah. know, I don't have the quote drawer accessible to me right now because I'm not in front of my desk where I keep a bunch of sort of quotes from my Zen calendar. I just randomly pull one up and share one at the end of the show. But the Zen calendar is in fact over on the counter next mm-hmm. to the window. Would you mind grabbing that? Oh, while okay. I, give a quick, uh, I, thought, I thought you wanted quick, one of my random quick quotes. Quick shout out. I, 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 well, actually, yes, even better. Do you, if you have a quote, I'd love to hear. Think about that right now. Let me let me give this shout out really quick. We'll, we'll leave. No, no, we'll leave the calendar. We want to hear your quotes. So sit down. Think of a quote here. I got myself um, in trouble now. I just wanted to uh, say thanks to Owen for dropping me a line. He said, hey, Jason, hope you're well. I've emailed a couple times, but just to say it again, huge fan of everything you do and think think that the podcast and your message is amazing. Thank you. I'm 21 from England and want to travel in a digital nomad way. Ideally, being able to make an income when on the road is something that I'm really drawn to. So I was just putting out an idea for a podcast. Uh, it would be something around this theme to perhaps go through all the different ways you can become location independent or go through less conventional ways that somebody like me could go through. Of course, this is your podcast, but I know you say to give suggestions to listeners, uh, for listeners to give suggestions. So I thought I'd let you know. Um, keep up the great work, Owen. Thanks, Owen. And uh, yes, I love these suggestions. I love when people reach out. It's no secret. I have a ton of stuff in the archives that you can listen to around this already if you just search Digital Nomad or Location Independent. And if you need some ideas way back a while ago, uh, I did a Zero to Location Independent Challenge. It was a five-day podcast series and um, all solo episodes, just uh, breaking some things down there. Um, but you know, best thing to do if you sign up over at zerototravel.com, join the email list, You'll hear about everything we have going on off the podcast, and that includes our community uh, where we work with location-independent entrepreneurs. It includes like a course and a coaching program we have and all the stuff that I can you know, fill you on in on when, uh, when we do new things, like we have an upcoming uh, free challenge to help you start a side hustle uh, so you can eventually leave your nine-to-five job. That's happening in a couple months. All this stuff's happening off the podcast. If you go to zerototravel.com, you can just sign up over there, and then you can hear about this stuff so you don't miss out on it. Maybe we'll drag Josh into one of these, uh, one of these online events as well. Oh, yeah. Um, before we uh, leave you with a quote, too, I do want to say one more quick thank you to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. Don't forget, they got this crazy sale going on November 17th through December 21st. And all you need to go do is go to tortugabackpacks.com slash zero, Z-E-R-O, spelled out, tortugabackpacks.com slash zero. Do your regular shopping, and when you check out, the discount will be applied. You don't need to uh, coupon code or anything. If you spend 200 bucks over there, you'll save 20%. 300, you'll save 25%. 500, you will save 30%. And uh, over on their website, they also have a really cool quiz where you can figure out what backpack is right for you because they have a few different options to choose from, different sizes, different configurations, really cool stuff. Uh, if you're trying to figure out the right one for you, just take that quiz. Just go to, zero, uh, excuse me, tortugabackpacks.com slash zero. Again, that sale's running from November 17th through December 21st. So they've been an awesome, huge supporter of this podcast for, I don't know, four or five years now. And, Deal. And, 
Thank you to them for supporting the show. Speaking of that, you know, we just looked this up right before the show. Three days ago was the podcast, the seven-year anniversary of this podcast. Seven years ago, uh, November 13th. Uh, 2013, wow. I recorded and published, uh, not recorded, but published the first podcast, and now it's been going officially for over seven years, so uh, anyway, that's something worth celebrating, I think, if Chris, our editor, can put some, you know, some, you know, there we go, trumpet solo. I have to say thanks to you, the listener, because uh, this, you are the only reason this thing has been going for seven years. Getting emails like uh, Owens, uh, where he's uh, so kind to say some nice words, and the reviews, and checking in, and the fact that people are listening uh, is the thing that keeps us going. This is a community-powered show, and I am publishing this show for you, and have been doing it for seven years. So please um, get in touch if I haven't heard from you. Open up the audio app on your phone. Send me a message. You can sign up for the email list, as I mentioned, and just uh, just keep in touch and know that I, I read all of these things that come through, and I appreciate the two-way conversation to thank you to everybody for uh, who's ever listened to one or hundreds of the Zero to Travel podcast over the last seven years. Much, much love. Okay, Josh, you got a quote for us, my man? Yeah, yeah. I put myself on the spot, and now I had to think of a quote, but it came to my mind. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man, was that was great. And I must say, congratulations on your seventh uh, anniversary. It's an honor to be here. Woo! And uh, thanks a lot. I have to say, I really, I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show, but I'm also a fan. Oh uh, man, come on! <laughs> I'm also a client. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, you. Thank you. And uh, I have to say, it's fun to listen to, uh, and it's definitely in my rotation. And it's. It, it's nice. It's nice to listen to, and uh, also, uh, also, thanks. It always, it was great to meet you as a friend here. Yeah, uh, man, it's abroad, been a blast. You know, as we're abroad, floating around here and abroad, so and in your podcast has inspired me to uh, work on my own podcast. So that's, that's really awesome. cool. Yeah, thank you very much. That's no, very nice. And you can check that out at the Transnational Perspectives podcast. Drop it. And <laughs> uh, so now for the quote. Um, the quote. Uh, yeah, travel related. I would say this is from a, a wise um, sage. Uh, that I once uh, work with sometimes. His name is Boutique. He makes a lot of poems and music. Okay. And uh, it's from a new Boutique song, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Drum roll, please. Sometimes you got to ride the train. Sometimes you got to drive the train. Nice. Should we interpret or should we just let, let the interpret? No, we'll let you, uh, let we'll you leave up. you with that. And uh, thanks so much for your time. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.